Oh my goodness. I have had a weekend. I'm not sure about you, Sham, but I was hella, hella busy at Poly Dallas Millennium. Yeah, I don't think my weekend can compare to yours. No, I mean, I know that you really wanted to go and you couldn't go. So that was kind of like, eh, but I tried to represent for us despite being at the job with the man or whatever we call them. You know, is that what we call jobs now? The man, the, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was there. Yeah. I was at the work. <laughs> uh, so even though pages... attending wouldn't even compare to you, you know, being front and center. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Friday night was really dope. Was really, really dope. But uh, Pages and I, you know, really got, I think, to showcase our host chemistry. <laughs> and uh, it, it was a fun night. There was like a happy hour. There were games. There was tower reading. Um, there was a live podcast, which was not us. It was um, Inner Ho Uprising. Um, they were cool. Wait, this was, this was all during your segment? Uh yeah. Yeah, I this I'm just talking about the pre-show. We didn't, I didn't even tell you about the after-hours entertainment where we had some burlesque performances, performances by King Noir. Like it was, it, listen, Friday was a balls. Sounds pretty uh lit, as the kids say. Right, that's what the cool kids are saying these days. Oh, is that lit. the kids are that our generation? I can't even tell uh, anymore. It might, it probably is us. To be honest, it's us. We're kids. Yeah, the Zoomers are listening to the stack. Oh, these old people talking about lit. What's these- wrong with them? old people right and then saturday is the day that i missed a lot of stuff because i was at work and so i didn't have my laptop with me because we don't have accessible wi-fi at work uh, for the reasons aforementioned man the, 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 the man so i was able to watch the stuff on the main stage on my phone so i watched the keynotes and the powerhouse panel which was really really dope and then Sunday, I was glued to my computer all day, popping in and out of sessions and talking to people and really like connecting and stuff and learning more. And I can't wait for the recordings to come out for the sessions I didn't get to go to because I definitely want to learn everything there is to learn. Yeah, I hope everyone listening or the people listening got a chance to experience some of this because just from your night alone, it sounded amazing. So I'm assuming the whole event was something special. Yeah, hella special, hella fantastic. Uh, Ruby and the Polycultural Diversity Alliance, or as we may know them, Sheree, Sinead, Dree, Aaron, Trey, like repeat guests, <laughs> repeat guests, friends, but amazing. They're 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 friends, and you know it was really really great to be able to support something so huge for them, and also be able to go to the event like for me, because there's some stuff like I've never thought about before that you know this event opened my eyes to and I felt the same way going to sex down south just like learning a lot more and like connecting a lot more with people and trying to understand more about myself and about not monogamy and about others and it was yeah it was a a whole ball of amazing a whole amaze ball that sounds like 10 different podcasts uh cooking up right now in Jen's brain from all that she's learning right now I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's just my innocent voice. Can't you tell? I'm just saying. We've been here before. Jen goes off and learns some stuff and comes back with brand new topics and brand new guests. But, you know, no promises yet. I'm just just saying. I, I've got a got a feeling. You know, like when, when, when your granny says she feels something in her right knee, something like that. Wait, do they say that? My grandmother never said that to me. Oh, really? You know, like, some, like they can predict the wither or the knee or some, some stuff like that. I never got arthritis. That's just arthritis. No. Yeah, but they could. They would let you have a few something in their knee, and then know it going in. Does that not count? 
Psychic sure. arthritis, I don't know. I mean, rheumatoid arthritis? No. Okay. Anyway, right. you know what? No, no, let's move on. Let's move on. How about... Yeah, let's... let's move on from arthritis psychics. Yeah, let's... Okay, fine. Arthur, let's move on from that. What did you do? What did you end up doing this weekend? I know the weather is quite shit. This weekend, yeah, no. This weekend was a lot of hiding from the rain, unfortunately, because there was a lot of it. Funny enough, there's a lot of it where you were too. This, I don't know. The, the the weather is doing the most right now. It's 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 spanning from Jamaica to America, just both yeah. sides. Yeah, we're fucked on all ends. Um, honestly, hurricane. So. Etta became a hurricane, fucked up Central America, then decided she's like, nah, I'm not done, and then came to Florida as a tropical storm. There, she dumped over a foot of rainwater between yesterday and today. Etta is doing everything we want to do right now, which is just travel and get drunk, apparently, because the way how she's moving, she is clearly drunk. Listen, she's going away, dog. She's really, really going away. All over the place, not, not sure what she's trying to do. And again, very jealous. I wish I could be drunk and traveling right now. But, you know, we can't because of things. Yeah, because <laughs> of the Rona. So instead, I'm just drunk at home. Not literally drunk right now, but you guys know what I mean. Just at home doing what, what, what is time these days? <laughs> there's there's uh, times when you're drunk and times when you're not drunk. Those are the only two classifications right now. Is it? I mean, there's a time where I'm at with the, with the man or working for the man. Too. Yeah, that's times when you're not drunk. I would assume. <laughs> No, not drunk at work. Not drunk. That would be a huge safety hazard. Thankfully, I know better. I do believe that some of my coworkers are doing drugs, though, so that's exciting and not the fun kind. Oh dear. Oh no. No, let's not. Let's not yeah. dive too deep into that. I don't want to expose anybody. So how uh, about no. we talk about our friends over at Alt Playground? But um, so as you know, Alt Playground, our friends, they they do wonderful stuff. They've got a wonderful platform that you should be a part of join up now they're growing every day and today i want to tell you that they are all about inclusivity in the lifestyle because that's why they're offering nine different gender identities so no matter what you identify as well as hopefully it fits into these nine you can put that yeah. on your profile you can't there's you know like any other profile like facebook or any other thing they'll be like you know single married male female sometimes they give you an other but no we know that the, the spectrum of gender goes way beyond that. And all playgrounds trying to meet the needs of people who fall into, into the spectrum. That's why they have those nine different gender identities. Back to the statuses, they've got nine different relationship statuses, which I can't even think of nine different statuses in my head right now. So shout out to all playgrounds. I can think of five. <laughs> five, really. I'm thinking, uh-huh. let's see. Oh, well, I guess there's married, single, then there's dating, and then there's... Open. Open, Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe like swinging or like, you know, like, I feel like there must be like some classifications of things that we already know. Like, yeah, probably something you've never seen on a forum before. Right. Honestly, though, I'm going to be honest. I don't really fuss too much with that because my answer is always single. Mm -hmm. Oh, I wonder if they have the one I've I've always wanted, which is married and looking because, you know. Oh, probably. That that, that is, that is, that is my status always. (laughs) And then, of course, we go over to sexual orientations. People fall under many of those. That, that spectrum is way less, you know, easy to put in a box than anything else, I would say. And they've got 13 different sexual orientations, which you can identify yourself as on your profile, as who you are. So 
our playground is giving you a place where you can be the most yourself <laughs> online. I mean, isn't that what you want? Don't you want to be a place you can be yourself truly, not just as a non-monogamous person as we kind of lean towards, but your sexuality, your gender, your relationship status, whatever it is. That's because our playground's mission is to provide a fun and inclusive environment for all non-monogamous and sexually open people. That sounds a lot like us right here. All of you wonderful people listening to that, to this podcast right now. Yes. I think I think you fit under that classification right there. Yes, yes, you guys do. You guys are one of us. And we want to share this inclusivity and like fun and this amazing environment with you guys, which is why you should sign up today at outplayground.net and make sure you hop on over to our community. Come find us. Eh. Come find us. Come over there. I mean, we also post our podcast episodes there in the podcast corner, which is very useful. I think if you're, you know, out there making connections on Alt Playground, you can just also listen to us and set the mood. I'm I'm on board with this. Y'all should be doing that. So sign up today. Today. And with that being said, I am Jen. I'm Sham. And... and- where my Where my Are you thinking of this squiggly kind of lineup? Oh, yeah. people what we're talking about today i want you to let them know because i'm too pumped sorry i'm just i think i had too much coffee today you're pumped you're primed you're ready to go all that wonderful stuff yeah all those things all those things that we talked about before i started recording i'm pumped i'm primed i'm ready to go tell them why i'm so pumped i don't think i can respond with the appropriate amount of energy that you've been giving me but (laughs) the reason why jen is so pumped and i am less pumped, but still pumped myself, is that we have a wonderful interview with Messalina today. Now, Messalina is a fellow podcaster. She hosts Reading Kinky. I give you two guesses as to what that's about. Uh, cookbooks? <laughs> um, you're half right. I mean, depends on what you mean by cooking. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> there's some meat involved. Ooh, there's, okay. Now we get nasty. Yeah, I like it. Keep going. going in an oven. Um, sharp utensils. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping the metaphor. Anyway, it's about you know kinky. It's like a kinky book club, I believe it is. She's one of the hosts, and we have a talk to her about her podcast, about her life being kinky, and of course, as we usually do, her journey into non-monogamy, how she got there, how she identifies, all that wonderful fun stuff. It's a, it's a great conversation because that's all we have here. I mean, that's right. Of course, Jen, of course, would be more inclined. So, you know, this guest because she's more of the reader and I'm the, I'm the dumb one. She's the smart one, but she's also the I cute one, dumb. but she's also the, she's, she's all of them. This is like the worst boy band ever. <laughs> um, it's but like, at least I'm one. not like Justin Timberlake. The smart... <laughs> oh boy. Do I want to know in which way you're not like Justin Timberlake? I mean, there is the most obvious way. I'm not a blonde. Well, <laughs> yes, you're not a blonde. But he was, was he the cute one? I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not even going to get no, into that. No, it was definitely J.C. Chazé. But n- now that we're here, now oh, that boy. we're at NSYNC. You know, no, see, you're just, <laughs> nice. So you're going to start a, a civil war 
between our listeners right now of like, like who's a cute one, who was a good one, all that good stuff. But anyway, back to Messalina. It's a it's a great little chat. I hope y'all enjoy it as much as we did talking it. So listen up right now to us and Messalina. So on today's episode of the pod, I have another podcaster here. So we've had a couple other podcasters on board before. You know, we've had Zach from his ABM slash Angry Black Man podcast. Um, we've been featured on other podcasts. We've been doing a lot of stuff. So today we're having another podcast guest with us. It is Messalina of Reading Kinky. I know what you're thinking. What could her podcast possibly be about? Well... It's a mystery. It could have something to do with reading and something to do with kink. But, you know, we bring guests here who practice non-monogamy. So there's another little special component there. So, yeah. Snaps for Miscellina, everyone. Snaps. I can only snap with one hand. So that's what that Thank is. you. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> there we go. See? Great. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here tonight. We really appreciate you rocking with us. Thank you for having me. This is really great. You have a great show. I've been following you for a little bit, and, you know, this is this is wonderful. I'm glad to be here. Happy to be here. Hey, thanks. See, we have a real fan, guys. It's not just all of our friends that we've paid to say they like our podcast. They are real fans, too, okay? They do exist. Yeah, actually, I'm trying to remember exactly how I found out about your show, and I think I found out about it through um, – it, it was either another podcast that follows – me or my personal account not entirely sure there's a couple i think there's a couple of kinky people that follow me that also follow you and you may have shown up in my recommendations see that i like being recommended we tell everyone all the time recommend us tell your friends about us we are important and cool too and i am exceptionally funny and you guys should know that absolutely see that's good, that's good. the word is getting out there she knows organically she knows. She knows about us. It's fine. So let's just have Messalina introduce herself a little bit since we've, you know, hyped up this whole thing a lot on the outside. Now she can tell us a bit about her and then we can dive in straight from there. Take it away. Well, um, I'm Messalina. That's M3SSALINA. Uh, you can call me Messalina or you can call me Mess. I, I, I accept either. Um, friends usually call me Mess. And um, I've been in a journey of kink and uh, ethical non-monogamy for, uh, I would say, uh, about officially for about three years. And um, I, I'm based in North Carolina in the United States. Um, I'm formerly a New Yorker, but I moved. I relocated when I found my husband. And we've been married for six years now, so it's been a while. Um, hi, honey. Um, I'm sure he's listening, um, or he he will be listening to this. Um, so uh, after being in, in this area for a while, I got involved in the local scene, and I had an idea about a book club for uh, kink and kink, polyamory, sex, relationships, marriage, open marriage, uh, BDSM, fetish, um, books, right? And the, the concept was that we would we would get together in person as a group and read books together. As luck would have it, another person in the scene was having the same idea at the same time as I was. And she and I like got together, we met at an event. Um, we met online at first and then we met in person to kind of plan this out. And then from there we had a couple of events and then one of our, uh, one of our uh, long time uh, attendees said, you know, you two should really have a podcast. 
And at, at first we were like, uh, no, <laughs> we are both very busy people. Uh, she is a parent. I am a wife and, and I have a job, a full-time job, obviously, like everybody else does. And at first we were very kind of, you know, not, not really, um, about getting one more thing we were, we had to be responsible for, but, um, I actually, as luck would have it for a past project of mine, had all of the podcast equipment already in my possession, <laughs> and I knew how to edit uh, audio and, and video from my, my media career, so I already had that knowledge, and uh, she said, fuck it, let's just do it, and the first episode is actually, it actually is entitled, Fuck Y'all, We Made a Podcast, and that's our first episode ever, which seems like forever ago, it was almost two years ago, and it, from there, it just kind of went... Um, and then we slowly started getting away from in-person events to doing fully uh, doing the podcast and just having that be kind of like our book club structure. And now we're completely virtual. So we've been doing that for almost two years and it's been going really great. And yeah, we talk about a lot of different polyamory books. I mean, like I'm all game about talking about those. If you want to talk about those, like I, a lot of the books that we read are like about polyamory. So I don't know if you guys know this, but Jen, that is me, loves a good book. All I do is read. So I this is perfect. This now. Yeah, they know, they know. So you guys have probably figured out why I brought Messalina here, right? <laughs> you guys probably figured it out by now. Not only is she beautiful and interesting, she likes to talk about books too. And what what better excuse do I have to torture you guys with my book knowledge than to bring someone else on the podcast who enjoys books? So yeah, thank you for that really great cohesive coherent short long enough rundown of your life i'm just throwing words out there now i forgot what words mean i love those origin stories by the way like the oh i was thinking of starting a book club my friend was thinking of starting a book club hey we started a book club and then you were like i was thinking of starting a podcast but i happen to have podcast equipment right here so it all just worked out yeah, it's funny how that really, like, it happened. Like, I, we had this uh, really weird, like, almost cartoonish kind of exchange in her house where she, like, all the all the guests had kind of left. We were cleaning up. And she was like, can you believe that person coming to us and be like, we need to start a podcast. She was like, I'm nervous that person. I was just like, I may or may not have microphones at my house. And she's like, <laughs> are you serious? And I'm just like, and I also know how to edit audio. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely straight out of like yeah like if it wasn't a, a movie that would be like the first part where like you're explaining how you got there and it's like no this happened way too perfectly but i guess sometimes it really does happen way too perfectly yeah and, and, and i love that first episode name like, yeah you know, <laughs> <laughs> they get a lot no nah, i'm not gonna even lie and say they get a lot tamer they don't we don't really <laughs> hold back on the show we're very no. opinionated people ain't nothing wrong with that ain't nothing wrong with that be true to yourself and yourself's got opinions absolutely yeah. that's what we do that's exactly what we do so i'm not gonna dive into the the podcast book club stuff yet you guys know it's all coming so just like if you want to just skip ahead to that part of the interview just skip ahead it's fine until then we're gonna actually ask mess about you know her journey into non-monogamy and polyamory like what you know you've been married for six years and so one day you guys are just like you know what fuck it we're non-monogamous <laughs> is that what happened no 
<laughs> no, um, uh, we uh, we both have uh, kink uh, traits and like we have both have fetishes and things like that. So uh, we're highly sexually. We are, I would say, highly compatible people. We have kind of the same tastes. Uh, we're both kind of on the spectrum of like not heterosexual. <laughs> so like, you know, um, it, it's. It, it worked. It it worked, and then it, it was kind of like I don't, I don't want to say unnatural because it definitely was a lot of stress to kind of get things to where they are now. But it was kind of I feel like it was kind of a natural trajectory of our relationship where we we're very different people. We love being together, obviously, and we love each other very much. But we're also like like I am like I contain multitudes. I'm like this like person who likes I like art and I like tech and I like. Uh, movies and I like comics and I like hiking and I like circus arts and I like exercising and I like like weird posters from 1950s France that advertise about wine like I like all these just huge I have this huge kind of like I contain multitudes like I, I have all these different interests and you know like the 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 natural kind of I think evolution is that you think when you get married that this one person is supposed to be everything to you and you're supposed to be everything to them. And sometimes for some people, that's fine. But sometimes that's just not practical. You know, like I, I feel like it is a lot of pressure on him to be everything to me. And it is a lot of pressure on me to be everything to him. I can tell you, like, it is a lot of emotional labor and pressure for to be a, a, a whole ass wife all the time and then try to be a professional woman, a good daughter, a good sister, a good cousin, a good friend, uh, you know, like having your own life's dreams and goals and things like that. It's just a natural kind of trajectory for a lot of people. And I feel like it needs to be normalized a little bit more because it, it just this pressure and this idea that just like I have to be everything to him all the time. That's a lot to ask of somebody. You know, like it's like it, sometimes it works for somebody, but for me and for us, it didn't really work. I'm right there with you, you know, like not even just in the relationship context, but just the it's hard to exist sometimes, you know, all these different hats you have to wear. And it's like, oh, I got to be good in a relationship and also in life and also with my family. It's like, yeah, yeah. So even just even if people can't understand the, the non monogamy of it all, they can at least understand, like, yo. It's hard being all these things. And, you know, sometimes you got to find a way to cope. Yes, absolutely. Like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about anybody else, but like, for me, I feel like it's kind of unfair for me to ask that my partner be into every single thing I'm into. And I want to share some things on a romantic or intimate level with people that I don't know, maybe I feel too much, but like, I want to share certain experiences and things with other people on an intimate level and I don't want to feel like I'm forcing them to be there for that you know like I don't want to feel like and I know that seems kind of it might seem kind of strange until I get to the into the, like the nitty-gritty of like sex in the bedroom and everything like that but for me like an intimate experience could be like a meal or it could be like going to a museum or it could be like making art together and those are some things that like he might be into but then there's you know he's not as into it as I am and I don't want him to be there because he feels like he needs to be there I don't I don't I don't like that it's kind of like you know how you go to the mall and you drag your significant other there and they just sitting there holding your purse kind of like that like it, I don't I don't want to make him feel like his entire life or like half of our relationship is just him holding my purse while I try on shoes 
see, it's funny that that is so many relationships. That that's like the the stereotypical like husband and wife. The wife wants to do something, and the husband is just like following around because he has to. The wife wants to go to like a show or something specific, and the husband is like just there because he has to. Because you know, she's your wife. You're supposed to do that. But you know, this what you're saying makes makes way more sense. Like, no, don't don't like make somebody half ass want to be you know where you want to be, but you want to be there with someone, so you'll find somebody else. Like that like that makes more sense to me. But I guess I'm also living the lifestyle, so. I would, it would make more sense to me, but yeah. What you're saying is completely logical and more people should really consider it. But I mean, that's why this podcast even exists, but uh, yeah. Yes, as a not married person here, what you're saying sounds like it makes sense as well. I've had that conversation with um, someone about how in olden times, you know, before we were all so hung upon being the one for everyone, we had different communities to fulfill different you know things in our life so if you wanted religious stuff you went to church you had your church friends you had your bible study you had whatever you wanted to do there if you want to knit you have a knitting club if you want to cook you have friends who cook and there is this idea that once i don't know when it happened i'm, I'm sure i could research and figure out exactly when it happened but over time things shifted from people using these individual intimate social connections to fulfill certain needs into well we're married, so if we want to cook, you have to be there. If we want to knit, you have to be there. If we want to go to church, you have to be there. And also, nah, like I'm a I'm a bitch who likes my bed, so probably not. Sounds great. Let me know when you get back. And so that's my general stance on that. And that's my single person input of the night. Pew pew. That's it. And you know, it's not too much different from like you know, like me saying like now that we've gotten kind of over the over the hump of the initial like emotional like baggage and like the the jealousy and like the toxic behaviors that we inherited from our parents because I'll, I'll I'll start on that in a second but it like it's really great and refreshing for me even as a married woman to be like you know what um I want to just be on my own and be at the house and eat a brownie and you go out with your girl and you have a great time and you all go to Chuck E. Cheese or whatever you want to go to I don't know Wherever you want to go, uh, you want to go camping or whatever. I'm not, I'm not a bitch who likes to be outside. Okay, y'all want to do that? Y'all can do that. I like, I, I have no hate for that. Or like, alternatively, you know, he wants to go do something that I want to do, and she doesn't like it. He's like, okay, well, I'll just go do it with her. Like, it's not, it's like that. The pressure is not there to be everything for somebody. It becomes like easier. To be like, no, I'm going to stay at home and be comfortable in my own skin and not try to stretch myself to be something that I'm not. 1,000%. Well, I was about to say 100%, but you just had to one-up me right there. Unintentionally. Unintentionally. Uh It was an accident. I just like the number 1,000. So there we go. I I get you. I get you. You you, you love it Um. (laughs) 1,000. Or should it be 3,000? Uh-huh. But yeah, I... uh... I can definitely say I have similar experience. Um, I know we're not getting into the nitty-gritty of the kink yet, but even then, like, there are some things that my wife is into that I'm not as into. And, you know, it's not that I won't do them, but even she herself is just like, you know, I don't want to make you do this or I don't want you in there just like, you know, if you're not, if it's not you, I don't want you to make you do something just because you love me. And, you know, because, you know, I will, whatever she wants, I will do. But I can understand her wanting, you know, she wants someone who will, 
who's this is actually their personality. This is their kink. Because if it's not my kink, it's just like I'm just like faking it for the sake of it. I'm like, why fake it? No. <laughs> Go get you some real whatever you need out there. And I'm fine standing on the side if that, that's what it needs to be. Right. Absolutely. I agree. So that's how it should be. That's exactly it. So I want you to tell me a bit about some of the early conversations you had with your partner when you were figuring this out. Because I guess, you know, since you obviously decided not to wake up and decide you're both now monogamous at the same time, I guess that required some conversation. So, so tell us a little bit about how that went in the beginning. Who, who brought the idea to who? It was me. <laughs> I was the one. Um, you know, we had at that point we had been in the scene like more so me than him. Like kink it like he he's a kinky person, but he's not a kind of person that like is looking for kink as in a community. And I was like the person that was like looking at it as a community. So I was going out, I was making friends, I was going to parties, I was going to munches, I was like, you know, like, hey, what's going on? Wanna beat my ass later? Cool, let's connect, exchange numbers. And and he was not like he's not like the party scene is not his scene number one. And he's just, you know, he's the kind of person that likes to interact with people in small groups one-on-one, like, and that's cool. Like, that's fine. He understands that I'm a lot more social than he is. So then the the time came where I was just like, you know, like, I like playing, I like play. And, and now we've gotten over this hump where, like, I can play with other people. But now it's like, I want to explore more and I want to actually have a relationship with people that I meet. I actually want to like make a connection with somebody. And that was like, whew, I came home one day and it was, it was not pretty. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it for anybody. Um, it was, it was a conversation that unearthed a lot of insecurities that we both had about ourselves. Like, you know, like he, he thinks that I am the most beautiful thing in existence and that he sucks. Like he, he doesn't really think very highly of himself. And when you have a person that like, you know, we all kind of experience that in our lives where we don't really think the, the, the highest of ourselves. We never see ourselves in the eyes of other people, right? We see ourselves in like this, like kind of like warped mirror where we're like focusing, hyper focusing on our faults and our, you know, our mistakes and our flaws and our scars. I know I do. And he does it to a much further extent than I do. So that unearths a lot of stuff that actually like we had to fix to just make the marriage better. But we, I think that we wouldn't really had an opportunity to address it if this conversation hadn't come up, which was really, I don't know, that's really remarkable, I think. But, you know, it was, it was the jealousy um, it was the idea that I was going to leave. It was the idea that, um, you know, that I wanted something better and that, you know, like, like he, he, it was, he couldn't offer me anything that like, it really shocked me because the shocking thing to me was it was really, maybe I wasn't doing enough to affirm his place in my life up until that point, but it was like, he really did not know why I loved him. And he really didn't understand like what was keeping me around. Cause like, I'm not, I'm the type of woman who I don't need to find somebody else to leave you. If I'm not satisfied with you, I'm gonna leave. I don't care. And here's the ring. Bye. Like, I'm not the kind of person to, and I never have. And nobody, no woman in my family really is like, if we want to bounce, we bounce. Like it doesn't matter if we've been together for 10 
years or 20 years or whatever. So the idea that he thought that I wanted somebody else to make me happy instead of wanting to add to my happiness and add to my joy that I experienced with him, that was something that like really stuck with me because I, I realized what I needed to do. I needed to affirm that love for him first before I could even think about sleeping with somebody else or being with somebody else or dating or whatever. I needed to affirm like, hey, I'm your wife. I'm not going anywhere. You're my husband. You want to leave, that's fine, but I don't want you to go anywhere. And you have value in my life. That was really an important conversation. And we actually use this really great book called The Jealousy Workbook to kind of have these conversations. Um, and I think I have a post of it on my Instagram if you want to see it. Um, it's kept by Kathy Labriola. It's called The Jealousy Workbook. And it's a great, it's exactly what it says. It's a workbook. It's a great um, workbook full of exercises that you can do with your partner. It's, it's designed actually for you to do with your partner uh, to figure out like the ins and outs of like how you deal with jealousy, how you deal with anger. Um, and it's just full of a, a bunch of really great exercises that I think even a monogamous couple could do and get a lot of value out of. Because really, it took working on our monogamy to get us to the point where we could be non-monogamous effectively. May not have links to that in the show notes, you know, may or may not, because, you know, it depends on if gender members, but. Hey, I, I am the person. Once the episode is edited and uploaded to our server, I listen to the episode before it is released so I can make sure my show notes are accurate. I do not appreciate being attacked in this way, Chad. I am not attack- attacking. I'm just trying to, you know, ga- gauge the uh, expectations of the listeners. But Listen. I mean, well, you've already heard the name of the book. We just may or may not make it more convenient than just hearing it. Yeah, no, but yeah, I, I've never actually worked through that book. I've seen it around before. It's It's been a thing, but I've never actually looked at it. But that's also probably just because... Uh, Jealousy is a weird thing for me personally. Like I said, I'm, I'm friend jealous. I'm not relationship jealous. And I generally kind of figure out if there's a relationship jealousy thing happening, what's going on? Like, this is an insecurity of mine. Why am I insecure? And I figure that out and I just kind of move from there accordingly, which is, you know, something that's happened recently in the past six years or so. This is not like a, this is not, I haven't always been this way. <laughs> there are times I've been jealous in the past, but once I once I started drilling down into non-monogamy and polyamory, I was kind of like, yeah, I realize I don't really feel this way about romantic partners. Is it that I don't like them enough? Or is it that I am just secure in my awesomeness right now? <laughs> and usually it's like, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm good. It's fine. <laughs> of course, of course. When you're that awesome, of course, you're going to be secure in it. But I got to say, the story really highlights something that we've talked about before, which is like, I don't even know how to say it. It's just like, if you're non-monogamous, it kind of, you are, you need to be effectively non-monogamous. You need to have communication in your relationship. Whereas, you know, you can more or less, let me not say you can't, you can be monogamous without communication, but people manage to do that. But if you're going to try to step into non-monogamy, you have to communicate, you have to share your feelings, you have to do all of that. And for some relationships, that's like better because it opens up conversations like the one that you had where some of those things you said you might not have even thought of or even thought to discuss before this. And I, well, it sounds like got, it got made a relationship better overall 
outside of even opening it up, but just things that came out. So, you know, that is a definite benefit you can see, like, in action of, you know, trying non-monogamy, or at the very least, just communicating. But, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, was that the end of the, I don't know if there was anything more in your early days? Um, I mean, like, we we definitely like had we definitely had these different hangups and like different it's it's strange because when Jim when you said like I get friend jealous but I don't get like like that's my that's my penis like I don't like I don't get like that either like but there are some things that I'm really that I that are really weird for me like I like I get hung up a lot on the sex acts themselves when I get caught in a jealousy kind of like zone, but I don't really get caught up in the actual sex itself. Like, does that make sense? Like I like, because Um, yeah, I feel like you would be jealous that they had sex, but you'd be more jealous what they did during. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. Or a particular sex act that they did. You might be jealous over one than the other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like my, like my thing is, and that, and I had to unpack that and it turns out uh, magic. Oh my gosh. Can you believe it? It was because my own insecurity about my ability to do that thing. So it was like, you know, it wasn't about the other person doing that thing. It was them possibly doing it better than me or, you know, them being a better lover than me. And that I I had to like kind of tackle that on my own. Um, and then after that, it was just kind of like, I feel like we kind of like did baby steps. So it was like, kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to go on this date now. All right, cool. Well, well, I'm going to go get the STD testing. We're going to go together. Are you going to go? I'll go separate because I got to work that day. Okay. And it was just like little like baby steps to where we are now. And now as, as it would turn out, I have ended um, my relationships outside of our marriage, but he still has one relationship that's that he has a he has a you know a paramour that like he still you know talks to and he's still like in a relationship with and you know like that's that's fine. I never thought about it as kind of like a like a zero sum game. Like I think people certain people will be like, well, if I don't have nobody, he can't have nobody either. Like that's not that's not what this is. Like just because just because my luck is bad doesn't mean that he has to have a bad time. He can, he can enjoy himself and, and have a good, healthy relationship with somebody who's, you know, giving him things that he needs and is, you know, being nice to him and fulfilling him and, and, and being, you know, a person of value in his life. That doesn't mean that I'm less and it doesn't mean that I'm a failure either. That's a big thing that um, I had to come to fairly recently, actually. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Let's just, you're not a failure if things don't work out, guys. <laughs> like, let's just throw that out there for everyone to hear it, feel it, receive it. You are not a failure if something does not work out for you. It just means the thing didn't work out. It has nothing to do with your competency, usually. <laughs> let's just say usually. Nothing to do with your competency, nothing to do with uh, whether or not you deserve the thing to work out. Because we all deserve goodness in our life. I mean, and I could put you know the asterisk underneath it like except for rapist murderers da, 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 da. you know but you know what i mean we all deserve goodness in our life and if something does not work out it does not mean that you are somehow the failure and the worst person in the world it just means that shit didn't work out for whatever reason it didn't 
we got to figure out what that is. We heal from it. And then we just try again because we're human and that's what we do. Absolutely. These wise words, courtesy of Jen. Yes. Yes. I'm clicking over here now. <laughs> it's like the, uh, that Bible book, uh, Our Daily Bread. We need like an Our Daily Jen. Like Jen can drop <laughs> some knowledge. Uh, our Daily Jen. Yes. <laughs> Trademark pending. <laughs> Okay, so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta come clean though. I so I came out as, I came out as poly, kinky, and queer to my mother last year, and I did it at Thanksgiving because I'm a boss. You you were really pushing for <laughs> oh, that, weren't wow. you? You were you were working hard on that one. Brave. I was able to read the room very well. We 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 uh uh over the years, my mother and I, and she's gonna be listening to this as well. Um, I, t- I already told her I'm gonna be on the show. She's really excited. Um, hi, mom. hi, hi, Mama Messalina, Messalina the third, as I call her. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm the fourth. She's the third. So she, she, um, we had this really great moment where I was sitting on the bed and she, and I was, you know, my typical neurotic self about to bolt out of the room slash cry, and I, and I started talking about like. Hey, you know how like I've started like dressing a certain way lately and carrying myself a certain way lately, and like the thing that she said, I'll never forget it as long as I live. She was like, "You think you're a little gay?" And I was like, "Yes, that's that's part of it." And then I told her about the about the poly and about the the kink, and she was just like, "Well, as long as you're happy." As long as as long as everything is all right and everything works out and you're safe and everybody knows what's going on, I support you. So it was like this really great. And I started crying and, you know, snotty nose and everything like that, because you know, I wasn't expecting that kind of reaction, actually. So, um, you know, I was encouraged by that. So you said the thing about our daily bread reminded me because my mom is very religious. So that's another reason why I wasn't expecting this to go over so well. She's a very religious old woman. Um, but she's also very pragmatic and very practical. And I think that her interpretation of things may be a little bit different than the average Christian woman. I'm not sure. But for whatever reason, uh, she's she's been very supportive of me and my journey in, in Polly. And she's just, you know, she just asks questions. Um, you know, she she asks about the books that I, I talk about. She asks what the what titles are. She probably doesn't read them. Uh, maybe she reads them. I don't know. Uh, maybe you never know. You never know. You never know. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like having that extra kind of like level of like support, like, yeah, like somebody, maybe she doesn't understand it. And my other family also knows, and maybe they don't understand it, but they know that I'm a responsible person. They know that I'm a person that is of value and that I treat others like they are of value and that they are worthy of love and that this is not going to run me down a road that's like, you know, all of the different fears of all of the different fears that like the regular normal quote unquote uh, toxic monogamy arguments will like put you down. Like, you know, like you, that we're, our marriage is over. It's a lie. We're living in sin, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I feel I felt really uplifted by her reaction to that. So, well, definitely big up mama wherever she is, wherever she's out there. That is that that was great. Like that was a great little coming out story. I love her first uh, reaction of you know, are, do you think you're a little gay? 
<laughs> just a little like gay, you, not a whole yeah. gay, but a little gay. Like you got a touch of it, you know. Come, I, you're coming down with a case of the gay. <laughs> I love it. Like I just, it, it was the last thing I expected to come out of her mouth, but she, she just said it, and I, and I, I kind of just had this moment of like. I can't believe she said that. And then I just <laughs> went into my mouth like, uh, well, yes, but also, um, but she's always, I think she's always kind of been interested in the kind of, I guess, for a lack of a better word, libertine life that I've built for myself, like traveling a lot and doing a lot of things that she, as a black woman who was born in the South, she didn't really get to do, um, during Jim Crow. So I think that she, I think that, I think that to a certain extent, the generations before us are kind of living through us and seeing the world through our eyes and figuring out that a lot of these old things, maybe they're old for a reason. And maybe they're, maybe we're getting rid of them for reasons that are good. Like maybe like, you know, maybe the idea that you stay married no matter what, even though you're both hurting each other, it's not a good idea. Maybe that's not a good belief system to have. Like maybe like, maybe people getting divorced is sometimes a good and healthy thing for both parties. Like, I feel like we're, I feel like we're doing the work of like undoing a lot of different toxic ideas that like sustained like a lot of people in a lot of society in the past. Oh yeah. Toxic monogamy and the patriarchy. Hello. The, these are the things that make and tie that into capitalism. Cause a lot of this is also due to capitalism. Women didn't have the opportunities that men did. And so in order to progress and to excel and to succeed in a certain part of life, you needed to be married into a certain way. Women couldn't have their own bank accounts. They couldn't own homes. They could there's so many things they could not do for a long period of time, especially black women. Well, like let's not even get into the whole racial dynamic of it, even though our podcast is pretty much entirely about race in a, in a way. But uh, yeah, there, there are a lot of things to consider there. And it's great that she was able to, I wouldn't say set aside her religious beliefs, but able to accommodate and understand and love you for who you were. That's probably the best way of putting it. Because um, what I, I, I mean, I came up to my mom in stages. So I told her I was bisexual when I did that. Like, that was over 10 years ago. Poor thing. And she was like, is it because of stuff with your dad? You know, very typical, you know, Jamaican mother sort of stuff with your dad. And I was like, nah, I've pretty much liked pussy since I was seven without knowing that, you know, there were vaginas attached to it. So, yeah, that's fine. Oh, okay. And then, you know, she had to work through that in her mind for a while. She met a woman that I was dating. She was like, oh, so you really like women. This is not just a, okay, got you, got you. And then when I came out to her as non-monogamous, it was due to my tipsy behavior at my house. It was um, a family event and the people that I was dating slash hanging out with were there and I was a little bit too affectionate with them (laughs) in front of the family. And so she didn't say anything, but I knew that she clocked it, right? So I was like, let's just have this conversation. Let's just do this. So I told her, and she was like, oh, that's why they're here all the time. Okay. <laughs> and so we got to the point, because my mom lives in Jamaica, so when I go back to visit, they would always be at the house. Every time I was there, they were there. And so the last time I went home and I didn't see them right away, she was like, did, did you guys break up? Is that why they're not here? Are you sure they're not leaving you? Because it's just so strange. They, they did not show up within an hour of you getting home like they usually do. I don't know. I think you need to work this out. <laughs> So precious, poor thing. Wow. So supportive. You know, you got yeah. a little supportive, mom. 
gotta love supportive moms. That's what, that's what we want. And we also want to raise, we want to, if you're not a parent and you want to be a parent, we want to also raise kids who feel supported and loved and acknowledged, right? That's what we want. And so I do like the fact that we, as younger people and as the world grows and, you know, we're educated about a lot more things and we're learning and acknowledging traumas, et cetera, that we're able to give the best version of ourselves to our children. And so they know that, hey, no matter what, you're loved, you're supported, we will take care of you within reason because if you fuck up then we're gonna have to give you away like a dog that's fine we'll, we'll send you to the pound or something <laughs> this is why you can't have kids this is why i don't have kids right i'm a great godmother i'm a great auntie but children of my own the idea of growing fat with child makes me upset so <laughs> that's why i don't have any of my own but again that's my own personal thing but yes i think that as a people we need to be moving towards acknowledging the differences that are happening in the world, whether it's queer or kinky or non-monogamous or whatever doesn't fit the binary, we need to be open to it and accepting and loving and caring. And those are all the nice words I have for today. That's it. This is the end of your daily gin, but not a podcast. The podcast is still going. It's just the, <laughs> that segment is over. Okay. So you're into kink. That, that, that's the next obvious step to take here. You've worked out your serious stuff with your partner, but let's backtrack to your kinky lifestyle. We just want to, you know, October is kinktober. October is kinktober. It's also inktober if you're an artsy person. So see, multiple uses for October. September is consent month. There's also a bye week that happened in September, bye visibility week, which was weird because I didn't know that was in September until I saw all these sexy by women. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting distracted now. Let's let's focus. Right. Kink, tell it tell us about your kinky lifestyle. Well right now to be honest, it's not very exciting. Uh, Rona has got us uh, all locked inside and not necessarily with each other. So uh people are starting to get kind of creative nowadays and there's been I know of at least a couple of virtual swingers parties, and I don't know how that works, actually, but I digress. Uh, so before the world shut down and we were all stuck at home, um, I would go uh, occasionally to different uh, parties. Some of the parties I went to were giant play parties that we would have. Uh, the local scene here uh, is more, it's way more heavy in Durham, which is a nearby uh, town, which is outside of Raleigh, uh, which is the capital of the state. And then there's a lot of people in Greensboro area as well, which is a little bit to the north of here. Um, but every now and then they have like, I, I would say like twice a year or four, or three times a year, there's, there's these huge parties. And when I say huge, I mean like hundreds of people. And, you know, they're, they're giant kink parties or giant fetish parties. You, you show up in your fetish wear. You show up in, you know, you show up with your, with your play bag, with your little toy bag. Some people have entire like suitcases rolling up in there. You know, they have like the, all, all the bells and whistles and whips and chains and crops and a, a lot of crops. It's a lot of crop, a lot of paddles. You know, you bring your, you bring your toys and then you, you go to work. Either you bring a person with you. The best, the best approach honestly is to hook up with somebody, not hook up as in like have sex with them, but hook, like connect with someone either through FetLife, which I'm no longer on, or through your own personal contacts, uh, a munch or whatever, another event, and say, hey, you know, would you mind, like, 
beating my ass and then taking me to Waffle House after? Like, is that is that something that you would be amenable to? Um, my thing is Wendy's. I like Wendy's after I get my ass beat, but that's just you know that chicken that's a nuggets. Great I, I love that. Oh, spicy, spicy nuggets, though, right? Spicy yes, nuggets. the spicy oh. nuggets. I like the okay. spicy nuggets. I'll get like a spicy nuggets and a, and, a, and a bacon, a bacon burger, and some spicy nuggets. And I used to have frosties, but now I can't have frosties anymore. So boo. But um, yeah, some, a small fry. You know, I get hungry after I get my ass beat. So um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, in, I guess the endorphins are like I don't know, some, some big science. But I get really, really hungry after I get uh, done with a session. So. Um, yeah, like those play parties exist and then you have smaller play parties, obviously, out of people's houses and things like that. That's pretty popular around here as well. Um, there, There's a big rope scene here, too. And I'm not really big into rope, but there is a really big uh, rope scene. There's a lot of really great uh, riggers in the area. Uh, my co-host, Phoenix, who helps, uh, who is uh, one half of Reading Kinky, she is really big into, uh, for a while anyway, she was really big into... Um, being a rope bunny and being a rope demo for some of her partners. So that's the, that's the thing that's in the scene. So me personally, I, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much meat and potatoes. I like, you know, actual emotion scenes. I like uh, sensory deprivation. I'm really big into impact and say any kind of sensory play. I'm, I'm big into it. Uh, forced orgasm. Hey, I'm, I'm your girl. Um, yeah, so I mean, like I, I have my little list of things, my little hard nose, my my you know hard hard nose, soft nose. Um, I'm into biting a lot, uh, play fighting. I like little play wrestling, play fighting. You know, a little little bit of DDLG, but not much, not too much, because I identify as a boy when I'm in my little space. Um, so yeah, I'm like I I I don't do a lot of parties anymore. I wish I could do some of the bigger parties now. Obviously, there's no parties going on at all. But like around this time of the year, around Halloween, I think there there used to be a really big party around called Push. And I'm not sure of what they're doing this year, if they're doing something virtual or I'm not sure. But um, that's one of the parties I used to go to a lot. And I would play. Uh, I would do open play. So I would just like get up on a cross and get someone to come and beat me for a little while. And then you know, rest up and then go get my Wendy's. So, I mean, it's different for everybody. My husband obviously is, is different. Uh, my other partners obviously had their other uh, kinks and things and fetishes and things that were different from mine, but we, there's overlap. And that's really cool when you have like, when you have like a, a set of like partners that like have different kinks than you, but some of the kinks are the same because then you get to learn about those other kinks. That's really cool. Like I, I, I really like that. Um, I can't wait to have that again, but yeah, like I like I can talk about I can talk about kink and impact all, all day if you let me. So I will not talk anymore about that. I will not uh, say anything else except um, I miss having bruises. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. That definitely sounds interesting and exciting. What a thing to miss. Yeah, hey, there's nothing like it. I mean, like like it's I know it's on everybody's cup of tea and, you know, I don't really play that hard. You got some real hard edge players out there. But, you know, draw and blood and all that like that. That's a thing. Um, but I you know, like I like what I like. And, and I, honestly, like I I haven't I don't even think I've taken out my toys on my toy bag in like months. And that is a depressing thing to say on a podcast, especially for a person who hosts a podcast with the word kinky in it. <laughs> 
You know, it, it, it is like that. I, I'm usually acquainted with someone who isn't a kink and they're into rope. And so they've actually just been practicing rope on themselves at home and making harnesses and stuff. So I get it. It's disappointing to not be able to play with people and to actually get to use your skills with others. Um, so when did you realize you were kinky? Like that is that, I mean, and I, I say realize because usually most people kind of know, like something you kind of figure out once you're young. So we've interviewed Zach Budd, who is a consent educator and a sadist as well. Like he's dumb, you know, he's into kink, he's into the scene. And he was kind of like, yeah, when I was young, certain things excited me. And as I got older, I realized, oh, this is what that meant. <laughs> and so I wonder if it's a very similar sort of thing for you. Actually, it was a video that my husband sent me before we were married. Uh, he sent me a porn video before we were uh, married and we lived in separate states. And I was like, huh, I like that. I don't know why I like that, but I really like that. That's dope. And that's kind of how I found out. I mean, thank you, husband, for introducing wifey to this sort of stuff. I mean, like, hello. Who, you know, it's one of those things where you wonder, like, hmm, did he think that it would turn out the way that it has? Right. Did When he sent you this thing, like, was he thinking, oh, she's going to be like so hardcore into kink? Or was was he thinking like, oh, well, you know, it's something we can try every once in a while because I'm into kink. So, like, maybe we can just do this <laughs> sometimes. That's a good question because like I, you know, I have a very active imagination. I work in media. I'm a creative. Like I, I have this really, like, I don't do things halfway. Like I'm not a, a halfway kind of person. If I say I'm going to do something, I, I like, I just throw everything I have into it. You know, like I decided I was going to start an herb garden. I have never grown anything in my entire life. Like I, I've, I, I am the kind of person that like, if the, if I touch the grass, the grass is like, Oh, like, I am not good at gardening at all, but I just, this whole thing with COVID, I just threw myself into it. Now I have plants all over the apartment. It's really nice. But, like, I don't, I, I think that he, I don't think he knew enough about me at the time, because that was when we were first dating, to know that I was going to take it to this extent. But I think that it's really, I think that he's really impressed um, because I went out and I learned all these things independently of him and kind of on my own. And then I, I started a, a book club and then I started a podcast. Like, it's just kind of like, and now I'm going to start blogging. Like it's, you know, it's, it's gotten to the point where I think that he's really impressed. He listens to every episode of the podcast. He l- probably listened to this right now. Hi honey. Um, and he's, he's my number one fan. He's my number one supporter. Like he's just fantastic. But I, I don't know if he ever anticipated that that video would cause this. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I can't imagine. That's like the spark that like just starts a whole wildfire. Or I guess these days it's like the, uh, what, what did they start that last one? The, the um, gender, reveal gender reveal canon yeah, so, thing. Oh so my that God. Was a, <laughs> that was the gender reveal that started this whole wildfire of kink. <laughs> Terrible analogy, but you know, it, it, it's the closest thing I could think of in, in, it's, happening yeah. in the world. It's relevant to 2020 news. So, yeah, yes. that's fine. <laughs> that's yeah. real. That's real. Um, so you said that you and your husband were both, you know, not exactly straight. So how has that been navigating that side? I mean, at, as a, you know, cishet presenting woman, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, you present because you know, you're married to a man, people just automatically assume that you're straight and there's yep. all the stuff that goes into that. So what is that like for you exploring polyamory? Like, do you date, do you have romantic intentions towards women? Is it just sex? Is it, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I've, I have dated men. I have dated women. I have dated, I will say I've dated mostly men, cis hetero men, um, or just cis men, not necessarily hetero. Um, but I mean, I, I'm kind of open to finding a connection with anyone. Like I've, I've, I went out on a date with a trans person. I've gone out on dates with like, obviously women, queer women. Like, I'm just not, I'm like, it's, it's for me, there's so many different types of intimacy. Like there's something that Phoenix said one time on our podcast that I thought was really profound and it stuck with me for a long time. And I realized it's because it's how I think. And because we were talking about sex. And when I was talking about sex, I was talking about like coitus, like actual like PMV. And she was like, there's so many different types of sex in my vocabulary and in my world that like just genitals touching each other is not like, that's not like, that's just part of the pie. That's just part of the bigger picture. Like there's so many different levels of intimacy that I achieve with my relationships with different people of different gender identities, with people of different sexual orientations that like just that narrow definition does not describe the like abundance of like sex quote unquote that I have all the time. And I'm just like, huh, that that's really like, that's a whole ass mood. Like that's like a, that's a vibe. Like I, I really like that idea of like, and then I I started to think like, that's kind of like me. Like I'm the kind of person that's just like, I'm going to like go date someone and I'm going to take them to a place. I've never taken anybody else. Like I'm going to take them to a place where like I, I went there and then I went there alone and I've never taken anyone else there, not even my husband and just share that place with them and share like what that place means to me with that person. And that's kind of like a, for me, that's a type of intimacy. That's it's pretty comparative to like a sexual encounter for me, like that, like sharing part of myself becomes such a private guarded person. I know it seems strange that a guarded <laughs> private person would have a, a podcast talking about no, uh, no, we understand. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I, I'm so guarded. I'm so I'm so kind of like packaged in my regular life, right? My vanilla life that any like any type of sharing of like my authentic self is like sex to me. It's like a form of, of intimacy. It's like a sexual act almost. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel that. I understand that completely. That is that is so true. There we we talked about different types of intimacy before on the show and like how we build that and create that moment with people. Um, actually, yeah, we talked about it with uh, Sheree Calico and Pages, Matam, Marie. Well, we also talked about being the avatar of digital sex, which is a whole separate conversation. But um, yeah, no, it's, it, intimacy, there are so many facets to intimacy. It's not just about P and V, like you said. There there are so many other things that we need to consider. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that you shared that with us because as extroverted as I think we both present I mean I think Sham is a bit shyer overall than me yeah I'm very shy (laughs) yeah I can't even lie I wouldn't call myself introverted because I do still like to go out and stuff but as a personality I'm definitely very shy and I don't know yet somewhere I'm here on this podcast sharing with the whole whole wide world right you know I I think and I I curate yeah so I do that curated image thing so people feel as if they know everything there is to know about me because I share certain key stories that make people feel, you know, 
sorry, podcast listeners, you don't actually know everything about my life. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize, but that's uh, yeah. a thing. You think yeah. you know, but you have no idea. You think you know, but you have no idea. Correct. <laughs> the, the real world. Jen yeah. Chama Messalino. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, so that's definitely interesting. Um, okay, so we've talked a little bit about your podcast, Reading Kinky, and, you know, your your co-podcaster, Phoenix, who's also into King. So tell me a bit more about it. You know, you gave us a little intro about it at the beginning when you were introducing yourself, but obviously now is my time to shine when we're talking about books. So talk about Reading Kinky a bit more for us, for people out there in the world who are like you and I and who love to read. Well, you've come to the right place with the right person if you love to read, uh, because I love to read and I love to read about kink uh, and, and polyamory. We actually, we have, a, we have a lot of books and it's kind of like, the thing about kink is that you have your core kind of books that everybody like knows, right? You have SM101, you have The Ethical Slut, which is kind of like, the line between like it's kind of like blurred line between kink and polyamory which is like a 101 type of 100 level book that everybody in the world is going to tell you read that first um you have Comes up on the show a whole lot exactly you have the topping book and the bottoming book like you have those like really elementary like books that are out there but after you exhaust that list it's really troubling because, you know, there, there, there's so many different voices in the space, but there aren't a lot of books that represent those voices. And like, I know that we were running into a problem. We were just like, well, okay, we're, we're, we're reading kinky. That's the podcast name, right? All right. Where's the kink? Um, it's try, it's hard to find things that are, that speak and say new things uh, to the audience while at the same time, not presenting information that might be problematic or toxic because that's out there too you know so the way that we put our our list together I think um it's kind of I think it surprised a lot of people because you you expect to see of course you expect to see like the ethical slut and you you expect to see a playing well with others um by Melinda Williams and Lee Harrington but you don't expect to see all about love by Bill Hooks you don't expect to see uh Sissy by Jacob Tobiah you don't expect to see Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel, but those books are also on our list. And we've, we've done podcasts and we've done uh, book club uh, meetings about those books before. And I think that they're adjacent to Kink and BDSM and they are just as, I think, needed and just as essential to understand how to communicate in the realm of Kink and BDSM, how to communicate in the realm of consent culture it's, I think it's highly, highly recommended reading, but a lot of people get caught up in, you know, the title of our, our club and the books that we choose may not be relevant to them. Like, you know, they don't, they don't see how Bell Hooks and her whole book about love and how we interpret love is important um, in the realm of kink when it really is. And, and those and, and I, I like it's constantly like trying to hunt down those different those new voices, those different voices that are going to be relevant to the audience. So that was my half spiel, half complaining about choosing books and making book lists. But um, I, I really <laughs> enjoy it. I really I relish the challenge. I like the challenge. I like having like these weird like Amazon lists 
where I go on, I'm like, need, I just, I just have a note that says, need to find book about primal play. It's not actually a book. There's no book. It's just a note <laughs> on my list. And that's kind of how, you know, I, I, I try to put the, the list together and Phoenix and I kind of work together on that. Yeah, of course, of course, I understand that. So, of course, and you also make an effort to try to find people of color, I figure, probably to include in these lists, because the publishing is is very, very whitey. Very white. Kink be white, mm-hmm. all right? Especially, like, academic kink. And when I say academic kink in quotation marks, um, I mean that, you know, like, the the gatekeepers of, like, the old leather and like the the old tomes of BDSM, like SM101 and things like that. Um, it's hard to find new voices. You really have to put yourself out there and try. And this year, actually, I'm glad you said something because um, this year, this year's book list, which is out, if you wanna check our book list, you can go to instagram.com slash reading kinky and look at our book list. It's in our pen stories. Um, this, this year came out of uh, something that, it was actually, I was, I was angry um, because I was looking at our analytics for our podcast. You know, I, I, I check those things too and looking for downloads, looking for who, who likes what, you know, what are, the, what are the most popular topics, what are the most popular books. And the one with the least amount of interaction and the least amount of like, like hits was Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin, mm. which I thought was an amazing book. So I was very upset and I channeled in my normal way, my normal Messalina way, I channeled my upsetness into, oh, you don't want to like listen to a podcast about a black, a gay black writer talking about his experience as a gay man. Well, guess what? We're going to do an entire year of black and indigenous POC writers because yeah. that, that's how I respond to that. that. That's my response. So our year this year, starting with this month, um, and going until next May will be all um, Black, Indigenous, POC authors the entire the entire time. Oh, amazing. I love it. I mean, I love it. Uh, that is, I mean, this podcast, of course, we try to focus things in a very um, POC perspective. And so we we have had people who are non-POC one time on one episode, <laughs> but that, and it was like, for five minutes but that's that's besides the point it, it was relevant to the topic and that was important uh, yeah but we try to that's why we have people like you on here people who are you know not what people are used to seeing when they think of non-monogamy and kink and and stuff like that we want to amplify the voices of the everyday black and brown person doing this in in this world like this is this is where we're at um so yeah i definitely understand that yeah like the ideas you know what would we always say that you know people say that that kink and non-monogamy some white people shit oh i get that all the time all the time it's definitely one thing we want to change through this podcast it seems you're doing the same thing yeah yeah you're definitely doing the same thing uh and do you guys do only nonfiction? Because I know, I mean, I am a big romance novel reader. And so I prefer indie romance, of course, because the Black authors doing indie are fucking amazing and they cover a great bunch of topics, including polyamory and, you know, kink 
and all that sorts of stuff. So I was just wondering, because if you do none, they, I have suggestions that will work. That include lots of hot sex and also kink and not monogamy all at the same time. You're welcome. We, we basically do everything except poetry. At this point, um, we do fiction. Yeah. We do nonfiction. We do. We did. We did. We had an autobiography last year. We um, we do uh, international writers, writers that are not American. Um, we we have authors who are obviously authors across the entire spectrum of LGBTQIA. Like we we do. We have we have like workbooks we did esther perel's media and captivity which i think is one of the best books i've ever read in my life like we do oh, yeah. like Hands down. All that types. book is amazing that book amazing. is fantastic fundamentally changed the way i looked at my marriage fundamentally changed the way i looked at my marriage like it, it is just mm-hmm. i recommend it to everyone i know have you read state of affairs yet not yet i've been meaning to go back and read it i've been meaning to go back and read it Mm, you need to read that one too trust me okay. i have both on my bookshelf that's anyway mm. so, sorry guys sorry guys now we're just chatting to each other but that's fine that's fine you guys get to feel this natural interaction <laughs> i'm just in the middle like the tennis match of this like oh oh yeah what's going on here it's just like <laughs> oh book 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 and i'm just sitting here in the middle but it's but- fine it's, it's all we signed up for today I'm excited because this like i was i was breaking it down last night because i was thinking about what i was going to say today and i was breaking it down last night um out of all of the authors we've chosen for this year, which means the 2020-2021 Reading Kinky semester from September until May, half of the writers are LGBTQIA. Two of them are men. Six of them are identify as women. Like, we have one young adult book. We have two short story collections. We have one dynamite fiction book that we're reading through right now. It's called Luster by Raven Levani. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it is fire, fire. Go get it. Please go get it. We are reading, we are, we're reading it. We're actually gonna, we're actually gonna review it in the next few days. We're actually gonna um, have an episode about it for the next few days, but it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We have, awesome. yeah, we have our, we have our classic. I, we're going back to read Another Country by James Baldwin. So I wanted to read that book. It's kind of a follow-up to Giovanni's Room. We are reading uh, Pleasure Activism by Adrienne Marie Brown. I'm really excited about that, especially with November coming up. So that was important that we have that book in there. So um, we have uh, Sonia Renee Taylor, The Body's Not an Apology, which is available in the local library. Very impressed by that. Oh, that's surprising. I know. I like that. We try to get at least two at least one or two books a, a year that are available at the library just because books cost money, you know, like people got to spend money to get those books, you know, like if you can get a library card, you know, this is for our local people here in like North Carolina, but like I'll, I'll actually do my due diligence and look around and see like which books are available in the libraries. Like if you, if, if somebody on the show, like somebody listening to the show is like, look, I can't buy the book or whatever, please email us and we will like, we will help you. I want everyone to kind of get the value of, of what we are uh, trying to do. And we don't really pick books that are like hardcover um, just because of cost. So we're, we kind of we try to keep it cost aware. We try to keep it, you know, aware of like different cultures. We have uh, one, we have one writer, one African writer this year, which I'm really happy about and excited about. 
Um, but yeah, like we, we try to like diversify and get some diverse voices out there as much as we can, as much as possible. And this year we're just really going for it. I'm really excited. Oh yeah, definitely. Cannot wait to be a part of that. I am also reading too many books right now, but it's okay. Might just squeeze one or two in some more and it'll be fine. Uh, so are there any last thoughts that you want to share with the audience of Monogamish Pod? Tell, tell them what you want to, what you want them to know. I want them to know that polyamory may not be for everyone, but knowledge and communication are. And that it's very, you can find things in different areas of, of life or different walks of life, what have you. If you're, if you're looking, you can find value in you know, how people conduct themselves in a polyamorous, a polyamorous relationship or whatever, or you can like, gain insight and knowledge from that you don't have to be like you don't have to be polyamorous everybody people think that poly polyamorous people want everybody to be polyamorous we don't we want you to be happy we want you to be authentic to yourself we don't want you to be something that you are not if you want to be in a monogamous relationship go and get it like that that's that's you as long as the other person that you are with is consensual and like it's it's like they want to be with you or you want to be with them fine great what we don't want is people living an inauthentic life and just pretending to be working at this whole relationship thing when there's another option and they can do better and have better. Like that, like we don't want anyone to, it's 2020, we don't want anyone to settle, all right? And when I say settle, I don't mean settle for a person, I mean settle for a life that you don't want. Facts, bars, all of that. All of that, like, that's just, that's true. Trust me. I'm not trying to make you guys envy anything that you're not. <laughs> Dropping truth today. It's all truth bombs, but we're all about it. So why don't you tell people where they can find you? And are your DMs open for things that are not podcast related? Are you open to people just sliding on in there and being like, hey, pretty mama, how about you and I spend a little time getting to know one another? I I mean my my DMs are open, but I will warn you that when, once you get in there, get ready because it's gonna be all books and anime. Just just prepare yourself. Just get ready. Get ready for a lot of really nerdy conversations about stuff that you probably don't even care about. But that's just going. That's just what's gonna be. That's how, that's how. You, if you want to get with me, you gotta get with all my nerdy hobbies and shit. Like that's just how it's gonna be. Like there's no exceptions to that. Everybody has to take an L right there. So, um. Other than that, like I'm I'm around on Instagram under Meslina. That's M3 S S A L I N A. The E is a three. Uh, I like masks. I don't show my face for obvious reasons. And I I have a wonderful co-host. Her name is Labelle Phoenix. You can find her at Phoenix Reads. And we are reading Kinky. You can find us at Reading Kinky. And we are uh, recording. New podcast. New podcast has dropped today. I interviewed a Black burlesque performer about her experiences of being a Black burlesque performer in the South. Um, she is a fantastic performer. I really love her. I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, Pearl Van Dammit. And then we will be reviewing Luster this month. And also, we are launching a partnership with Flixie um, on their blog, Between the Sheets. You can find them at flixie.co. Um, our, our first blog and that uh, series will be up uh, probably in October. 
And that's pretty much what we're up to. Oh, and we were also on Kinky, Kinky Cast recently. Uh, Kinky Cast is a kink uh, podcast based out of Tennessee. And we were on there recently. I think that the episode is probably going to be live possibly next week. But just keep your eye out for that. And that's pretty much where you can find us. Like, obviously, Reading Kinky is on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. We are there. So that's our spiel. Ooh, yes. Amazing. And just so you guys know, it's F-L-I-X-I dot C-O for Flixie. If you put a Y instead of an I at the end, you end up on a site that's Korean, I think. It was weird. I I don't know. I got distracted for a second. Sounds like you've gotten lost before. I I may or may not have gotten lost before. But yes, just you guys. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this and having this conversation with us. I really appreciate it. Just wanted to bring, you know, a fellow book nerd here <laughs> and have a little, you know, slightly nerdy conversation. It's fine. We, yeah, we, because we I can. See, this is like what you were saying before about, you know, one person can't meet all the expectations. Yeah, I can't meet Jen's book expectations. So she had to have somebody <laughs> else on here. And, you know, I'm fine with that. There you go. You, compersion. You're fine with that. Exactly. Oh, yes. Definitely. 100%. Love seeing Jen happy. Yes, I love seeing everyone happy. But yeah, so thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, have a great night. Bye, everyone. Thank you for having me. Goodbye, everybody. And once again, thank you so much to Messalina for joining us. Now, we recorded this episode a little bit ago because uh, sometimes we do that um, in terms of the interview portion anyway. But we were so happy to have her on the show. And uh, she and I are in the DMs all the time. So (laughs) it's fine. Like we're cool and we're friends and stuff. It goes down in the DMs. And of course, you can find her on social media. Like I said, we gave you the links before, but I could read you her name on Instagram, but that's not really important. All you need to know is that she's uh, at Reading Kinky. Like, you just need to follow their whole podcast thing. It's awesome. I mean, they have really great conversations. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I think y'all should be listening to some of our other amazing podcast friends out there. Speaking of which, I do have an episode coming out on Shelf Love Podcast soon, <laughs> where Andrew and I talk about polyamory in romance novels. So it's like this podcast, except more more, more book focused, I'm assuming, because it's Shelf yeah. Love. Yes, yes. Well, it's it's about, you know, romance novels in general. I'm just making, I mean, Andrea and I decided <laughs> that we're going to do an episode about non-monogamy and polyamory and how it represents in romance. So super excited for you guys to listen to that. Probably we'll post it here when it comes out as well. So you guys can hear it. And I hope you're as pumped as I am. There's there's not a lot of great rep out there in poly romance. just saying. Yeah, sad, sad thing, sad thing. Yes, yes. But uh, yeah, so we had a really great time with this conversation and talking to you. So why don't I let you guys know about ourselves, right? Like you can find us on Instagram at monogamishpod. I hold it down over there. At monogamishpod on Twitter. Sham holds it down over there. Um, yeah, and you can find us on Alt Playground in our community Nagamish pod, super obvious. We have a Facebook page now because I have come over to the dark side and uh, yeah, Monogamish pod on Facebook, facebook.com slash Monogamish pod. You know what we do? I put the detailed show notes on our website, monogamishpod.com. We have a merch shop you can access through the website by clicking the little shop button or going directly to monogamishpod.threadless.com. 
And you should definitely find us on Patreon. We post bonus episodes and bonus content. Like, that's what we do. So it's patreon.com slash monogamishpod. You have to type it in like that because we are an 18 plus platform. You cannot just like search for us on the Patreons and find us, which sucks. But it is what it is. We're too sexy to be searched. We're too sexy to be searched. Too sexy to be searched. So sexy it hurts. Is that is that how it goes? I think I think so. Yeah, I believe we're shirts, but you know, search works. Search works. Uh, yeah, yeah, it works. It works. I'm trying to think of where else they can find us. Oh, of course, we want you to rate us, review us, and make sure you're sharing us with your friends and subscribing to us yourself, especially on Apple Podcasts, because those reviews and ratings help us a lot. We do post our most recent episodes on SoundCloud, just the latest three, just because Free SoundCloud is a hater. Just throwing that out there into the universe. It is a hater. And so we can only post the three most recent episodes. We hope you guys enjoy that. If you have a problem with that, also support us financially by um, clicking that little support button. And you go to anchor.fm slash monogamishpod. There's a support button. You can just give us your dineros. Daleros. Should I be a bandolero? <laughs> I thought you were going for more money things, but yeah, that works. In a desperate scenario. Yeah, I was I was on a whole other other level with that. Whoopsie, that's me. Um, I don't think there's anything else I need to share. Is there, Sharon? No, I think we I think we got it. I hope y'all enjoyed the podcast. Oh, no, wait, I forgot one thing. What one thing. Because it's not about us directly. It's about our friends at YouTube Bright. Oh, of course. <laughs> you guys need to be shopping at youtubebright.com. I have some amazing items from there. I will eventually debut them on the Instagram. I'm just lazy and I don't get dressed often unless I'm going to work. Uh, so <laughs> you guys need to go to youtubebright.com and you put in code monogamish and you get 10% off your order. Now, who doesn't love a deal? We all so need to save to money right there. now. That's right. In this economy, we need to save every mickle mecha muckle. Oh, boy, does it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all I have for you guys. Jam, is there one last thing you want to add? Well, of course. One last shout-out to our friends over at altplayground.net. Go check them out. Go check us out over there. Yes, yes, yes. We look forward to seeing you. So, once again, I'm Jen. I'm Sham. And... and... Oh, boy. We're We're Monogamous. Monogamous. No, that does not wrap it up.